It's Tuesday. It's 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we're hitting you with a bonus hoop pod. Yes, sir. And I am here with mm-hmm. the recovering Canadian bomber, <laughs> Canadian shaman, Canadian Bill Simmons. And for this podcast, oh, no, we almost forgot one. Canadian son of Loretta Curran. And then for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe. Mm-hmm. Nico Miatello, what's up, my bro? Not much. Feeling feeling better today. Both my fiance and I woke up uh, pretty sick yesterday. We, I think it might have been these chicken strips we ate, unfortunately. Uh, but better now. Went went through it yesterday morning. That's for sure. But we had a a good day of basketball, and we we've got some news happening today that we felt the need to cover and something that if you've been tuned into the hoops podcast for a while we've been talking about for weeks now it's it's been hard um for me because of the fact that we've had information on bob myers leaving the golden state warriors and um, just the lack of communication that was going on between uh, Joseph Lacob, who is the governor of the Gold State Warriors, mm-hmm. and Bob Myers. And anytime I looked into that situation, I asked the question. I was like, have they talked? Have they had contract talks? And I got a resounding no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to know that the contract didn't come until three days prior to this yeah. announcement. Let's me all lets me know what all I need to know about this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was odd that they didn't offer him a contract during the year. Yeah. I, 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 now I know you had some questions on, you know, the, the previous moves of like the, the, the low picks that they got as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the crux of everything, let's just let's talk about this real quick. Bob Myers, who is the architect of what the Golden State Warriors uh, team uh, that realized four championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also part of the contingency that brought in Kevin Durant. Um, and just these little pieces that were picked up along the way. I think I still think it was a brilliant move to get D'Angelo Russell, then to trade him to Minnesota, and then bring in Wiggins. You know that was also yeah. his doing. Maintaining the cap spot for sure. And so pick that you got. So with that being said, you know there's so much where you go. How didn't he get? a contract offered until three days before yeah, yeah, this announcement. And then I think that's where Nico will kick in because I wouldn't say we're on opposite sides of this. Mm-mm. I might be a little bit. Yeah. Our, our opinion. Yeah. I'm a little, a little more different. sensitive to this, but yeah, go ahead. I know there's some, uh, uh, I guess, let me lead you into this. Let me just ask you this one question. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all know who came out the year that Wiseman came out. There's a couple guys, right? Yeah. 
there's two in particular oh. that we always bring up. Uh, right. Tyrese Lamella. Right. Um, let's do it. I want to have a little fun with this. Okay. The sliding door. Mm-hmm. They don't take James Wiseman and they take LaMelo. Because that's who that was probably the guy. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been ballsy to trade down and get Halliburton, actually. But um do you believe that that was obviously kind of like the crumbling of the dynasty that that particular pick? Well, clearly not. They won another championship afterwards. And I, I one thing that we didn't touch on uh, when you're talking about Bob Myers' accolades that I think needs to be number one, he signed Steph Curry to the best contract in NBA history that created that Lakers dynasty. Bob Myers... Like I, I, I'm going to come down on a little bit the opposite side as you here, but I, it's not to say that Bob Myers is not arguably the best GM in basketball right now. Um, and damn, damn near it because the parts that he is good at, he is the best at the thing I, I would like to say about this is when you have a guy like Bob Myers, I don't necessarily know what your appetite for... It's not just Bob Myers there, too. It also involves Steve Kerr, and you still have Steph and Draymond and everyone. You're in a spot with Bob Myers right now where, or even last year, you would have had to offer him a big long-term deal going forward to maintain him it would it, you probably would have made needed to make him the highest paid or if not one of the, the top three can i can i ask one question while you go through that yeah why wasn't he one of the highest paid guys already i i think i think he was at the time he signed his last contract but then he just like other people had surpassed him since he signed his last contract so uh, I I think that's the only reason he hadn't been near the top in uh, salaries. I'm I'm I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure at the time he signed his last deal, he was one of the highest paid. But I what I was trying to say there is you would have had to lock in Bob Myers for a long term deal there, and basically entrusted him to build the next version of this organization at this point. And you just had a snapshot into what Bob Myers looks like on a rebuilding team with three lottery picks in a two-year span. And he didn't emerge with one single starter. So I understand the reservation of a Warriors team who knows there's probably, if, if that, like, two years left in this core with who knows who they're going to move on from. And Steve Kerr is a guy who's dealt with health problems. You, you ne- Also an incredible announcer, so you never know when he's going to necessarily want to make that transition. I think the reason the Warriors ended up making this move was looking at Bob Myers and not necessarily wanting to marry themselves to him specifically for the next generation of the team 
And if you're going to make that move, you're going to want to make it now before you have to pay that more punitive luxury tax that's coming next year, as well as um, everything on on top of that with these uh, free free agents coming and that Jordan Poole contract. There's a lot of things you're looking at right now that are pretty high value money spending situation. So if you're in a position where you can save a little bit of money on GM and maybe entrust someone who I I think like a, is going to trust the next GM if reports are Oh right. yeah, no. He's going to definitely trust the next yeah. GM. You can, you can uh you can vouch for that. So one. so since, since they share the DNA case, if since they share DNA. Yeah. If that's the case, if that's the guy you're bringing in and you want him to build the next team, I think this is the time you'd want to give him that fresh slate. And I think that's the reason they they decided to move on from Myers in, in the manner they did. I also believe that the impasse of Lakeup wanting to keep the kids, because I believe that there was some... Just, just some discontent in their development, and Myers wanted to move off of them early. Yeah, and Laker would not let him. Hmm. So I think this also plays into yeah, who's going to be the next uh, player personnel guy for the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. and um, so I think. There were a lot of things. I don't think it was just one. I don't think mm-hmm. there was just the disrespect of not coming to Bob Myers early. I think on Lakeup's side, the reservation were you're hot to get rid of these kids so quickly, and we don't know what we have. Now, it's turned out that the kids didn't pan out. Yeah. Now, you can say that Myers made a mistake on Wiseman. Well, he got hurt, and mm-hmm. you know he didn't play a lot uh, collegiately. Yeah. Kaminga is still raw. You knew what you knew that you weren't going to see the best of him until probably year three. I think you and I talked about it yeah, yeah. in that draft. Mm-hmm. And now we we probably are probably the most surprised about Moody and his development. And he's the one who's shown the most. And they're still kind of dour on him. Well, so. Not dour in the sense, just yeah. they, they thought more. They thought oh, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. the production be more at this point. Mm-hmm. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. Oh no, I I was gonna agree with you. The problem here is you brought in three young kids, and you turned around and you had a championship team that had no room for them in the rotation to develop and figure it out. And especially last year, you had to grind in the regular season to get wins. Because you were coming off back-to-back less than impressive seasons. So you needed to like rebuild that chemistry, figure out how to win again after Clay came off those injuries. And the kids just didn't really have enough time to grow. They kept yo-yoing James Wiseman and Moses Moody back and forth to the G League. And, and think about the other confluence with this. We also had a pandemic in the middle of this. Yeah, How much development yeah. was lost because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. You, so when people are talking about like, 
oh, they, you know, they missed on these picks. Well, let's look further mm-hmm. into it. Definitely. So we get the guys during the pandemic, so we don't get hands on them as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wiseman gets hurt. Yes, we're also in a we. They they were opportunistic into a championship yeah. window last year. So obviously, once you feel it, you're in a championship window, you're not going to let those kids play mm-hmm. because you're in a championship window. <laughs> you got to yeah, go for sure. it. So I understand that the development part and the kids didn't pan out, and I understand mm-hmm. that goes on his goes on his record as a a ding. Yeah. But I also want to tell Golden State fans and NBA fans who want to just like jump out and say, "Well, Bob Myers made bad picks." Well, were they bad, or was or was it a confluence of events that happened that allowed these picks not to pan out? Well, I, I think that might be a, a a question we can ask. Yeah, that's fair. I think there, if you look at kind of all of the picks throughout this last half of Myers era, there is one recurring theme that comes back that that's been a mistake with his drafting. And he has repeatedly targeted guys who kind of lack that basketball maturity and seem to fall in the draft because they lack that basketball maturity because he trusted his locker room to be able to coach it out of these guys. But the problem is if you don't have that basketball maturity, you're not going to play on a, a team that's winning playoff series. So they've had a complete inability to work those guys in. It's pretty reminiscent to me, actually, of the 4 Pistons and the Darko pick. Because that that was the biggest mistake there. They they had a team that couldn't work this guy into the lineup. He was an incredibly talented player. He wasn't mature enough to succeed in the league. And just putting him with a bunch of talented, mature veterans didn't teach him that. Didn't teach him, oh, this is how I need to be different. He needed a situation that helped him figure it out on his own without just being in an established established system and kind of quote-unquote whipped into shape when he can't step on the floor. It, it, it's happened repeatedly. I think there's only certain organizations who can pull off being good, bringing in good players, and then developing them. The Spurs are an obvious example of that. The Heat as well. But... Clearly, I think that was the the big miscue of the Myers era. And it's it's a thing to point to because hypothetically, let's say he did better with the draft picks in the last few years. There would be no reason on earth you could ever move on from someone like Bob Myers. So, like, I, the only reason I keep pointing to that is because it's like the only mistake on the guy's resume. (laughs) Which then usually like you don't hear this type of scrutiny with Messiah Jerry 
in, in some of his picks. Oh, you hear it in Canada. You don't hear it in the national media, though. They are they are ready to oust that guy. Um, I mean, Presty is just sat there in Oklahoma City and just kept picking lottery pick after lottery pick, and everybody seems to think he he's a complete genius. Yep, and hasn't won anything. My whole thing is that this dude has four. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I believe the. The draft picks and the cavern between what Lakeup wanted and what Myers wanted was was probably the the thread that allowed this to continue to happen, allowed that relationship to disintegrate to this point. Now I know they put their best face out there, yeah, today, and that's what you're supposed to do. If you're a good organization, you don't just trash the dude on the way out. I can't wait. For about a week from now, when all of the Golden State reporters empty out the notebook, because mm-hmm. I know there's stuff in there. Yeah. But uh, it just tells you so much when they hadn't had a a real conversation in over like three months. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this move was uh, kind of pinpointed. You can kind of go back and go, oh, I, I know when I think Lakeup made his decision, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's also, you know, this is what Golden State has decided to do. So let's talk a little bit <clears throat> about some of the, the candidates that are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Nico, you tell me who are who are some of the candidates that if if you were looking to build a team, where would you go? I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to aim at general managers because they normally get poached from other teams in various roles, and uh, the league knows what they do specifically a lot better than we do as fans. However, it seems by all reports, the guy who's going to get this job in some capacity is going to be Kirk Lakeup. Um, there's For also sure. been reporting, uh, I've seen since then, that's that's a Woj report, but that they're going to try to put an experienced front office around him, which if you're not new to FRPC, this will not be new to you. We've been talking about this. For weeks now, we've we've been pretty zeroed in on this being what's happening. Um, I think this can kind of work in conjunction with the dysfunction we've seen in this Clippers front office at this point. Um, Michael Winger getting hired away to be the Wizards general manager. And after their situation has kind of fell apart, I wonder if the... I wonder if they're going to come calling to bring Jerry West back to the Warriors. I Mm. think that's a guy who's proven himself in that organization before. They have a lot of respect for him. And I think having Jerry there to help mentor Kirk, a guy who, by all accounts, is actually putting the work in to become a general manager. I I know this is nepotism. I like I'm not trying to argue 
that it isn't. But I'm just saying this case of nepotism seems more vaguely hopeful than other ones we've seen in the past. This is the bus kid. Mm-hmm. The bus kids all over. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference is that Laco has a lot more money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which then also leads you down the rabbit hole of this is why there were no conversations of contract extensions because he was always grooming his kid to take over the organization. And the disconnect, the final death knell in their relationship was Laco didn't want to tra- trade the kids. James Wiseman was traded. And now Bob Myers is no longer a Golden State Warrior. Um, but now, here's the other question. This team has a lot to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot to do. So you're saying now you got to build your front office staff. I mean, they have incredible um that's a that's a pretty well run place um their analytics staff their salary cap people um top notch top notch all across the board um even into the pr ritter and mm-hmm. um his assistant and things of that nature um i don't think they'll have a problem doing that now where where do you think you got to go pull somebody from the heat, right? Like you're a team that is right now, mm-hmm. right now, and this we're only looking at like maybe the next five years. You have mm-hmm. Steph who played well, who played yeah. extraordinarily great this year. Mm-hmm. Now Clay wasn't Clay. We talked about that. I talked yeah. about it yesterday on the podcast. Um, you didn't get what you needed out of Jordan Poole this year. Mm-hmm. And then would they even be sixth if Wiggins was didn't miss all those games? You know, yeah, and that's yeah. another thing too, right? Yeah. So we don't even know if they would have been in these positions that they're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, going forward, you got the Draymond decision, you got the Clay decision. What are you going to do with Pool? Are you going to move the kids? There's a lot going on. Yeah. And then you got to build, I guess, what advisors around him. And I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. I believe that Jerry wants to only talk to people who will really value what he has to say because Jerry doesn't spend a lot of time with people who where he intently listens to people mm-hmm. and then he tries to give them the very best information he can give them. Mm. I I found that relationship might not be as warm as you might think it is yeah. on memories for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he felt value. Yeah, that's fair. I I just wonder, as someone from the outside, with the amount of changes that have happened in the front office in Golden State since that time, 
I wonder if some of the people he may have had animosity towards might be out of the building. I'm just, I'm not sure because I don't know who it could be, but it's just, there's been so much change since then that I, I think it's possible. So that's just the name. Like if, if you're Golden State and you want to build a new era and that was the guy who helped you build the last one. That well, he was responsible for Clay. Mm-hmm. Remember that Jerry West was also in the building when Kevin Durant, and he was yeah. pretty like much the he was the spin vote mm-hmm. in a sense of his comments to Durant. And I don't know if you know the comments. Yeah, but, no, I've heard this. Re- this okay, before. so that man is giving you a level of personal care to whomever the free agents are or any sort of negotiation, you're going to have such a cheat code with him Mm -hmm. that it would behoove Golden State to go ahead and, and bring him back into the fold. My problem or my question is, is did did Lakeup learn from mm-hmm. previous? Because the way you kind of treated him on the way out, Lakeup himself, yeah. and I'm not saying he treated him badly. It just seemed he wasn't valued. Mm-hmm. At least I know or I feel comfortable saying that the Clipper organization, Balmer included, value immensely what Jerry West has to say. Yeah. Not necessarily that they agree or they do everything that Jerry says, mm-hmm. but his words carry weight there. Yeah. And I don't know if that is still the I don't know if that's still the case in Golden State. Yeah. Or has enough time passed by where bygones can be got bygones and, and, and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But does, there will be a lot of hurdles for that to get fixed. Mm-hmm. They can't just go, oh, hey, you want to come here? He would. There would be a lot of reservations, I would think, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, I do I do agree with bringing in a strong hand to help him because um, Gold State fans, honestly, here's, here's your, t- here's your t- chance to sound off. Uh, we're on YouTube now. Leave yeah. comments. Um, we have Twitter uh, at Frontrunner PC at Nico FRPC. <clears throat> Let us know what your thoughts are mm-hmm. about the young Lake possibly taking over your organization. Just uh, quickly, one more name that popped into my head right now uh, as a guy who's known to be a stronger hand as well and has history in that Golden State system. I wonder if they'd have any interest in bringing Schlank back. I think he's a guy who might, might, I like, we don't know the relationship uh, Kirk Lakeup has necessarily with any of these guys, but if he, if he had any respect for him as well, he's currently, I think, not, not looking for a job or anything, but I think that would be a job he'd have interest in. So I, I'm, I keep my eye out for that as well. Yeah, Schlink would be a good uh, hand. 
that would be a good guy to bring back to the organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, Slink is young enough where they should be able to vibe together. Yeah. So that I would, I would look for that. Mm-hmm. I would look for something like that. That would be a good situation. Now, Nico, we talked about Golden State. We talked about Bob Myers leaving. We talked about um, who might be replacing Bob Myers. Mm. Steve Kerr is the coach of this team. He is. (laughs) Okay. Steve Kerr is one of the um, most... As far as wordsmiths in the NBA when it comes to coaches are concerned, I think that Kerr is the best at giving you a a spectacular press conference without saying a lot. Yes. You know, he's an iceberg. It's like 25% above water, 75% underneath, you know, so to speak. He kind of... Kind of low key that NBA's Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I think they're pretty similar in a lot of ways. What do you think Steve Kerr thinks about this? I'm not sure. This, I, I have inner thoughts on this. This, this is another situation where um, it's it's just hard to evaluate the interpersonal relationships within this organization for me. Anyways. Um, I, I we've heard reports like basically anything you hear about Kirk Lakeup up until this point is that he is in the building doing the work. Like there there are a lot of owners' kids who get bad bad reports around them. He hasn't been one of those guys to this point. So I guess there could be some trust and belief between the two of them. However, in my mind, like Kerr is a guy who, since being in the league, has repeatedly had health struggles. I talked about not being 100% sure about going forward with a guy like Bob Meyer into the next uh, step in your organization. I think Kerr might be tied at the hip to guys like Clay, Draymond, and Steph. And I think as they start to age out and maybe leave this team, I'd expect Kerr to follow and God willing step back into the broadcasting booth because he was my favorite guy on the call. Now, just two things. Kerr would be a a steady hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you wanted to reward Kerr for his service, yeah, and sure. all he's done for the organization. Who better to steward Kurt Lakeup than yeah, Steve Kerr? That, that would be perfect. I'd love that as well. I think it's going to be a hard dynamic. Kurt Kerr is very fiery, mm-hmm. and Kurt is very fiery. Yeah. Bob Myers took a he was able to absorb Kerr mm-hmm. and then talk to Kerr. Yeah. So if there was any type of frustrations boiling over, Myers was kind of like that philosophical guy. Mm-hmm. Allow Kerr to come in and vent, say whatever it is that was on his mind, 
and then they would be able to talk it out, hash it out, get it together. Mm-hmm. Wait till Kerr talks about a second round draft pick mm. that Lake up drafted. This is what you draft for me? This just do you even understand our system? <laughs> Have you been you you've been in the building, right? Yeah. You see you you watched basketball before. There's a there's a fire to Kerr mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't get to see because oh, it comes he doesn't show sometimes. it a little bit. But yeah, you, you know he's such a mild mannered guy on the mic, uh-huh. you know. But I I cannot wait to see if this is where they're going if. If the move is Kurt Lake is the player personnel guy, Kurt stays the coach, and then we're starting to move pieces around, mm. uh, we might have great stories coming out next year. Yeah. I That would be a good move as well, what you kind of suggested there with um, Kurt maybe stepping into a front office role rather than like, kind of a Brad Stevens style thing. Maybe you put Lakeup in a pseudo president of basketball ops role and put Kerr in as the GM and then hire a new coach. I could see something like that potentially happening as well. Um, okay. Can I just say this? And then I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you go off on these thoughts. I have like three things. They're about to be bombs, so Let's go ahead and start the clip, right? One, I believe that if Kerr does not become kind of like the Yoda to Kurt Lacob's uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. Draymond might be gone. If Draymond walks out the door, Steph might be gone. Yeah. So if if they don't do this right, if this doesn't if this front office rebuild doesn't go right, we might have just seen the ending in that press conference. We might have seen the ending of the Golden State Warriors as we know it. Mm-hmm. Because Draymond's guy is Myers. Yeah. He was the advocate for Draymond. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, Jerry. As what well. the? I can tell you that the Lakeups don't have the same relationship with Draymond. Hmm. I'm not saying that he's he's going to stay or go. I'm just telling you what I just, I know. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll see where the pieces fall. Yeah. Now I didn't come on here talking about uh, we were right, whatever. I I'm here just to mm-hmm. give you what I kind of know. Yeah. We work real mm-hmm. hard on getting these type, these types of this type of information for you. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a proud day when these things come up and, and, and we are right, but, Know that there are hours upon hours upon texts upon conversations upon to get any of this out. Yes, sir. So Draymond leaving 
Draymond leaving mm-hmm. is a distinct possibility now. Yeah. And if you take Draymond off that team, you may as well take Steph Curry off that team. Yeah. Because he Draymond is his protector. Yeah. That's his guy. Thoughts on all of what I said. I I definitely see what you're saying. I could see uh Draymond Exodus coming up and a Steph Exodus to follow. I just wonder if like their willingness to reposition at this time and how they've repeatedly kind of came to Draymond's back. I understand that that was uh, Meyer related previously. However, Kerr is also a vermin Draymond supporter. The Jerry West in the front office previously, and I think like if they end up bringing in another voice, they it's going to be hard to find uh, either an anal- if it's a younger guy, an analytics fan who isn't into th- what Draymond does on the basketball full floor, or like. In old head, it's hard to find an old head who doesn't like Draymond around the league. I just, it's one of those guys that, like, moving on from him would be such a monumental mistake for the organization. That I completely agree, I, but that, I'm, the only reason I brought it up, do this. The only reason I brought it up is because Draymond's force field is gone. Bob Myers just walked out the building. Now, Steve well, Kerr is still there, yeah. and Steph is still there, right? So yeah. it's not like he's completely uncovered. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say, a lot of your a lot of your bulletproof vest is gone. Yeah. I, With Myers. Yeah, yes. I, I do know that Myers was a big Draymond supporter, for sure. But I, I just think there is enough else that protecting Draymond in this organization and there are enough good basketball minds around especially like it it would be like a monumental ruination of this organization if the Lakers got rid of Bob Myers and Draymond in the same offseason and completely flipped this whole thing on its head oh Oh, we <laughs> let's go. We, we let's got go. Another big one today. Let's go. Here we go. Kevin Young. Kevin Young looks like he will be the hire at Phoenix. Um, I talked about it yesterday. I I knew yesterday that Kevin. I knew for a week that Kevin Young was going to get the job in Phoenix. Uh, he was the assistant head coach of Phoenix. Um, he was on the Monty Williams staff. I've been pretty much on this for a while now and uh, has a really good X's and O's uh, style. Uh, he seems to be entrenched with Devin Booker. So, um, you know, we're <laughs> a lot of change. haven't seen the that where where did that report come from i'm trying to pull it up here 
I can't seem to find it. I don't think they've announced it yet, uh, but no, in the next day or so, that's coming. Yeah, Kevin Young's coming. Um, no, in the next day, I don't know if we need to do an emergency pod for Kevin Young. Yeah, probably. But not. however, because he's he's not Bob Myers, but no. this is why we're doing this one for Bob. Yeah. Um. Now, two things. Mm-hmm. If Bob wants to jump right back into the fray. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's another owner who is really mad. Which which owner are we discussing? He has eighty six million dollars of, of salary that uh he, he he didn't get to see a lot of last year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> There's also another owner hmm. who has distinct ties to Bob Myers. And is a family friend. Hmm. Also in LA. Ooh. That would that one would be you can't you can't hire above Rob right after what he just did. I'm not listen, all I'm saying, these are just things that I know. I'm just throwing them out there. I'm not saying these are things that are gonna happen. I'm just yeah. saying if yeah, he wants to go back, I get it. He's got options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got options. He does. He does. So, I don't worry for Bob Myers whatsoever. Yeah, no. No, this is, (laughs) I, if I'm Bob Myers, I'm not, I'm not jumping back into it right now. Unless Balmer knocks down my door with, like, number one GM money in the league by a good amount. I'm not jumping back in right now. I'm taking a back seat and I'm seeing what's the best opportunity available next year because he'll be the top name on the board. Um, the only competition he might have, we, we talked about it earlier, there is some momentum, it seems, behind maybe Masai Ujiri considering leaving Toronto. Um, oh, yeah. There's more than I've seen in the past. Toronto, Toronto fans, this is something I've been on for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I told Nico about this a while ago. I said, look, I was like, keep a, keep a watchful eye on that Toronto situation. It's not as rosy as we think. Mm-hmm. And I actually think their their lack of moves during, I know they got uh, Pirtle, yeah. but the other moves, I think that w- that was all encompassed in what's going on up there. Just it's it's all there was a promised Maasai rebuild the second he took over the team. And that team that was the DeMar DeRozan team. And instead he traded Rudy Gay for Grievous Vasquez and John Salmons and can't remember someone else as well. And it completely turned around the Raptors season. And they kept riding that momentum year after year until they finally got the championship. And now Masai has been in this job for how many years and has not even like acknowledged a rebuild possibility yet. It like this is the year now. I've I saw a rumor the other day that suggested if they lose Fred in free agency that they're the D'Angelo Russell team to look out for. And if that happens, man, like 
Masai is cooked. Like, I don't know what else to say. It, we need Bobby Webster time by then. Uh, you can't be continuously fighting to stay a, a seven seed. It's just not the right way to do business. I mean, there's just a lot of upheaval that is going on. There's just been a lot of talk, and it, it started with the Travis Slink thing earlier this year, mm-hmm. finding out that um, some of the reasons why he was let go weren't just personnel, you know? Yeah. Um, now you got the, the shakeup in Phoenix, longstanding. You know, Monty Williams is a, is a great guy by all counts, you know? <laughs> He's gone. Um, Mike Budenholzer is gone. You know, there's a lot. There's just a lot that has transpired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Nurse, which is crazy. He's in Philadelphia now. I think this is going to be a, a real pivotal point for the league. And some of the teams that were uh, considered like the, the cream of the crop might be taking steps back. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see what the new teams do as they emerge into prominence as far as that's concerned. So, Nico, now that we've talked about that, what if, okay, I'll, I'll ask this. If you're Kurt Laker right now, what's the first personnel move you make not within the front office? I'm talking about on the court, what's the first personnel move you make if you're Laker? I'm, I, I, I'm, it's unfortunate. Uh, he'd be a guy I'd kind of want to take, but the first thing I'm probably doing is evaluating the trade value for Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I want to see what I can get for him, and then if there's a possibility, I can make a Kaminga trade in conjunction with someone else. I'd, I'd be looking to do something like that to improve for right now because, as we've seen, this team is pretty close. There's uh, a lot they could do to get back into contention next year. So that would be the first I the area I'd explore, I'll say. You think they're close? I, I do think they're close. They just won a title a year ago. And mm. like they, they, I think, are just missing a few things. The reason I'd be mainly exploring that Kaminga trade market, though, is because the second thing I'd do is I'd want to explore the Jordan Poole trade market. And if there is a world where I can turn Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga's contract and other draft picks into another player of consequence, I think that's that's a way you maybe could both save salary against that hard cap and get younger and get like another player. I got I got an idea for you. Future. I have a 38-year-old coming off a really awesome season, but he probably needs foot surgery. He's going to Germany. Yeah, definitely not. He's, he's super awesome. No, he's I'm really not, awesome. I'm not making a move for 55 for games of just awesome. I would I would want to try and find a younger guy if I was them. I'd be targeting um, one of these, these, I don't know, 25 to 31-year-olds who's looking for a move. Are they the Michael Porter team? 
they're the Denver Nuggets are the Michael Porter team. You want to continue to say that? Yes, yes, I'm going. And I'm going to continue to drive this narrative. Actually, maybe I'm the guy in Michael Porter Jr.'s ear, bro. Yeah, yeah, you are you better are. than this. I think you are. You are. Listen, Murray and Jokic are stealing your shine. You need to go out and get your own squad. I might be the only guy, but the only reason I am like this is history tells me more because I saw Jermaine O'Neal just flounder yeah, in Portland. This isn't the same thing. This is I, not I know that, O'Neal. But this I do is, believe that he can be a number two. I, yeah, I do maybe, believe he can be a number two. He could be a number two for like 11 games and then his back breaks in half again. I'm not trying to to pump any more usage into a guy who's shown repeatedly that he gets hurt. Not only does he repeatedly get hurt, he comes from the family of the worst injury histories of all time. All his siblings get hurt. His parents get hurt. Like Michael Porter Jr. is a fragile player. And I don't want to put him in any role any bigger than this. I love him exactly where he is. Leave MPJ alone. This might Can I have another option for you? Him. Yeah. But it hurts. It hurts Dane. Mm. Jeremy Grant. Does that provide you any interest whatsoever? For who? who acquiring Jeremy Grant? Just in general? Or Golden State. Oh, Golden State. Oh, yeah. No, he'd help them. He'd yeah. help them for sure. I think he'd... You'd have to get a third team involved to take pool or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Figure something out. I think he'd help them. I mm-hmm. think he he adds more switchability. They'd need probably another big, so they aren't relying too much on the combination of Looney and Green at the five. But I I think that would be a nice piece it's like kind of like a huge upgrade on that jamichael green piece that well the, the other thing is he can come in and be your number two right away and then uh wiggins can be comfortable staying like the three mm-hmm. like yeah, you know the three get, you know back and forth mm-hmm. and he also provides you uh defensive versatility and now you can now use Wiggins on like your guards and things of that nature. And now mm-hmm. he's handling your forwards and your your three four situations and yeah. possibly some of your five with and Draymond. That seems potent. Yeah, and hopefully like another year removed from injury, Gary Payton will uh, recapture some of what he had in that title run for the Warriors as well. So I think they got. I, I wouldn't move on from Moody as well. That I was going to get to that before when you were talking about the first moves for Kirk Lakeup. He'd be yeah. the guy who I think he right now he fits into this team and he can be a role player. He just needs to, to get out on the court more. And uh, I, I trust his defense. Quickly, I talked about Michael Winger to the Washington Wizards yesterday. Yeah. I know you have thoughts on that. Winger, to me is an absolute home run Great pick. Uh, and I think this this sounds the, we're going to break it up. Mm-hmm. I think this actually, Washington Wizard fans, yeah. you're actually going to tank. It's going to happen now. Yeah, I'm so excited. Praise well, Lord. 
I, I'm not sure it'll be like the tank jobs we've seen from other teams like Houston and Detroit in recent years. They're not going to go get down that low. I know you weren't necessarily implying that. I'm just making it clear. I think they're um, probably, though, going to move in the direction of a rebuild. I think that's that's something Winger uh, has shown the ability to do before. So I, I'm... Got, I've got some faith in him. I think the the big thing it all comes down to is what goes on with Bradley Beal at this point. Because he still has that no trade clause. And that really restricts the the places you can trade him. Um, I, I'd like to see him moved and him in a winning situation, though it seems like he, he doesn't want that. So... I, I'm really interested to see the way that situation evolves throughout the year. And then uh, also on the winger side, as we kind of touched on earlier in the Bob Myers situation, this shows that there's going to be some major changes in Clipperland. Uh, we know they've disappointed through this entire Kawhi, Paul George era. They've officially lost the trade at this point. Shea is better than PG and all the draft picks and everything else that came along. Um, Kawhi and Paul, I feel like we're moving towards maybe a different looking Clippers team next year. Um, I'm surprised we haven't really heard any buzz about it yet, though the Clippers do tend to move in silence, which is also why you didn't hear anything about this winger move before it happened. The Jerry West effect. Uh-huh. They, they are very good at that. So I, I think we're, gonna, we're going to hear something in the uh, probably closer to the start of free agency, like how it happened with the... PG and Kawhi thing. I I would keep a very close eye on the Clippers though, because I think this team that has currently like 12 rotation quality players is going to look completely different next year. And that because of the sheer amount of players who can play they have, it's going to also shape other teams in the league. Well, yeah, I just, I don't think the ownership is is really happy with what's going on there. So yeah, yeah winger leaving, getting a new voice in there, um, you know, is is Myers a candidate for mm-hmm. that position? Um, I don't know what his um, appetite for it would be yet, but you know, we'll track it down and try to figure it out. Um, I wonder if they could bring Doc into their front office. Just seeing as how vital he was once upon a time for the organization. I'm not thinking of him necessarily in a major decision-making role, but there are things he could definitely do in terms of relations with the community, relations with the players and stuff. So I'm just like, if Doc wants to take a step back from coaching, and doesn't necessarily want to jump into the booth right away or anything. I I wonder if the Clippers could bring in a guy like that, who I know Balmer does have a lot of respect for as a man. Note to self, or note to to uh, Steve Ballmer, do not hire 
Gilbert Arenas for your front office. No, no. Don't do that. If you if you just don't do this, mm-hmm. it's a successful offseason. Mm-hmm. Just just saying. Um <laughs> before we go, uh we have a we have the finals. We have we have a Miami Heat. By the way, I was wrong. Yeah. I take Boston yesterday. Oh man. I... Because Boston has uh more talent than he, the Heat. But they don't have Spo. They, or they, they have, have a child. They have a child coaching them. They do. And he's keeping his job. Um I guess I guess realistically a first year coach getting to game 7 in the conference finals you probably should keep your job. That being said, I think he he wasn't he clearly wasn't cut out for this at this point. Um I I'll, I will hold for becomes the bench coach and and takes care of timeouts. Mhm. Yeah, they <laughs> man, they need some changes at the at the least. Maybe I, he becomes the player coach and they just move Mozilla down. Yeah, I, like, so Al Horford is the head coach. Yeah. And also the starting power forward. <laughs> and then he's he's calling up plays in the huddle. Uh, on his Bill Russell. Yeah. I, I'm i not sure that he'll quite get away with that. No. I, <laughs> I was joking the other day. That maybe they should call up the Jazz and say Jalen Brown for Will Hardy, but I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what. The, Can I do that? Yeah, that's. Can I dream. make that happen? That's the dream. I don't know. Like, I, I, can I give you the guy who can't dribble? He'll give you 25 <laughs> points, but can we have Will Hardy back? I, we really kind of need that guy back. I yeah, would love that. that. I I don't know. I'm not. I'm not super hopeful for this Celtics team going forward, especially with Jason Tatum basically pitching a fit this evening and saying, hey, if Jalen Brown doesn't get paid, I'm going to be really upset. I oh, I think they're going to be locked into $600 million or whatever the hell it is for those two guys. And with a coach I don't necessarily believe in, this is a team that just looked like they were on the precipice of uh the fans don't believe in him no like the fans do not believe in Joe Mazzula no at all and not just I mean prominent fans like prominent fans oh, like yeah of course like Bill Bill Simmons dad went to every game and he just said first half of the season he chewed gum and clapped mm-hmm. and then in January he called he texts his son and says now he's not chewing gum, but he's still clapping mm. and not calling timeouts. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, this is, okay. First and foremost, uh, Caleb Martin, uh, four votes for MVP. Jimmy Butler gets five votes. I know you had thoughts on that. Yeah. Go ahead. I know. Go ahead, and get these takes off because you've been waiting to get these takes. Oh off. well, no, it's a, it's okay. Like, I guess, I guess, if you want to call Caleb <laughs> or Jimmy Butler the Finals MVP, even though Caleb Martin was the better player defensively and offensively throughout the entirety of the series, I've heard the argument 
that the first two games of the series also hold a lot of weight. And it seems like we've forgotten about how good Jimmy was in those games. Caleb Martin was also excellent in game two. He was incredible throughout this whole series. He just happened to have his two best games at the end. He had very strong games in games two, three, and four as well, though. Why did he get wide open? Yeah, he got himself wide open several oh, okay. times, especially so. in the mid-range. In game seven, over and over, this guy was dribbling into his own shot. Like, Caleb, I, I understand that, that Jimmy and Bam created for Caleb as well, but Caleb did way more of it on his own than any of these other guys. I Like, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are two guys who I believe in, uh, and I think they could get paid this coming off season, but Caleb Martin did more in the self-creation game than, than a lot of guys. Like you look at his game versus a guy like Austin Reeves. And I think offensively they're pretty similar, but defensively Caleb Martin's in a different category. So what does this say about the supposed vaunted wings that Boston has? If he's wide open and Duncan Robinson is running wide open. Yeah. yeah. Just running free. Uh, you need he a had like absolutely clean looks. He did. At the basket where nobody was in front of him. Yeah. Game six. All game. Game six, man. He had like three wide open threes at the end of the game that if he hits any of them, this never gets to a game seven. The- and then he hit them last night. Yeah, the Celtics just have not had the ability to cover these shooters at all. They're really struggling here. I, man, (sighs) often there's talk about coaching being less important in basketball than other sports because you, you go and look at how important it is in football and uh, sports like hockey, etc. But this Celtics team is a perfect example of how important coaching truly is because it goddamn messed their entire team up here. They still got to Game 7 in the Eastern Conference, but there is no way they have a championship ceiling right now. Well, I'll I'll say it like this. Um, Tatum can throw a tantrum all he wants, if I'm running that team, there's no way I'm paying Jalen Brown 50-some-odd million dollars oh, yeah, to not be me, able to dribble. Me neither. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the exit interview yesterday in the in the locker room, for me, if I'm Brad Stevens, yeah. this money that I'm about to give you, if you don't spend $2 million on learning how to dribble, I will kill you myself. Yeah, man. Those would I... be the words. Oh man, I, and dribbling is like I would actually. Argue. I'll trade you to Shanghai or wherever. Yeah. Where's what's Yao's team over there? Shanghai, the Sharks. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna trade them. I'm gonna trade them to the Sharks. Yeah, Guangdong Tigers. Yeah, that's uh, right. But Taylor right. Brown putting up 46 points for the Shanghai Tigers yeah. or Sharks. Yeah, I mean, dribbling is generally one of the harder things to improve too, and especially. A guy like Jalen Brown at this point in his career, 
Uh, like he can work at it all he wants, but to be good enough that he's worth that contract, I, I, the jury's out on that one for me. I, you don't I, play great defense. You you can't dribble. You can't create. Why am I paying you fifty million dollars? Explain that. I I think I'll defend his defense because he did not play great defense in Game Seven at all. But his games or his defense in Game Six, especially late in the game after he was in foul trouble, w- w- felt to me like the reason they were still in that game. He played excellent defensively and just using verticality but continuing to contest and steal balls despite being in foul trouble Mm -hmm. and his impact on the offensive glass was very felt that being said this is not a 50 million dollar player this is the 40th best player in the league something like that somewhere in that range as far as i'm concerned so this, you don't have him in even top 25, dog? No, no, man. I, I'm i way out versus consensus on him. I won't, no, I won't I, disrespect Jalen Brown defense. like that. I'm sorry, Jalen. So he I won't disrespect him. I don't think you're worth $50 million. Yeah. But I don't think you're the 40th best player I, in the league. Man, I think he's one of the best number two options. I think, I think that's the type of guy you're looking at. And that 40th, maybe, maybe uh, 40th is a little too far. Maybe he's like 32nd best player in the league, something like that. But I'm, I definitely don't have him in those top 25 guys. He's definitely not a a second team all NBA player because of all the injuries that happen to the wings and and the forwards and whatever. So he's nothing, he's definitely not that. And also, he's been figured out over the last couple of years. Yeah, Miami has figured it out. Just like, listen, let them dribble. Because we can get it. We can get it. Like, you watch regular season games, and when teams let them dribble, it's the same thing. That's, like, this is the story on Jalen Brown. He can't figure it out. People often comp him to Clay Thompson for that real. But, Matt, for that reason, sorry. Man, Clay Thompson can dribble circles around this guy. It's it's not great for Jalen. And I, like I said, I Tatum can say whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. And if it costs me Tatum, so be it too. I mean, at this point, I'm not giving my franchise over to Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. By the way, you scored how much? I mean, listen, you had an ankle injury, but um, homeboy, you didn't play this. You weren't the best player on the court, Jason. So you can't... <laughs> give me demands about who and who is not going to be on this team. Because yeah. you did not outplay Jimmy Butler, nor did you outplay Caleb Martin. Nope. So uh, before you start throwing out demands, you give me a title. Mm. You go out and and do what Jimmy Butler did and Caleb Martin did. Because uh, I hate to tell you this, if Trey Young gets hot in game six, that's a game seven. Yeah. If he doesn't miss those shots in game six, that's a game seven. We saw what they needed to do to uh, come back from Philadelphia. And then they had a Heat team that was wounded. And yes, Jimmy Butler played great. Caleb Martin played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. 
But if you look at the counting stats, which I understand are not, you know, don't tell the whole picture. I understand that. It wasn't like they went out and had, like, these. Like, Devin Booker had, like, monster games in the pre- in, in, the, in the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. Certain other people have monster games in the post. Jokic yeah. has had monster yeah, games. Sam and Jimmy played bad in the back half of the series for the yeah. most part. Jimmy Jimmy came around, of course, and play had a great game seven. But like they they played like bad through the f- first three quarters of most games. If Miami Heat are beating you when like Jimmy Butler scoring like 23, 24 points a game, and Caleb Martin scoring like twenty five. Something's wrong with your team, Boston. Yeah. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Well, that's the whole Eastern Conference. You can basically say that too at this point because those boys have just been cooking. The undrafted free agents in Miami are better than the first overall picks on any other team. I do not think this will start a trend of let's see how many un, un, undrafted no, free agents we can the get. Rules changed, especially because yeah. the with the new exceptions on second second round picks for the three-year and four-year extensions we're not going to see those good players who advocate to go undrafted anymore and normally Miami is a very good team at picking those guys up as is Toronto so they've been able to parlay that into success in the league that's not going to happen as commonly because players are going to be campaigning for those exception contracts which can pay them more than any other deal they can get after being a first round pick Nico, before we get out of here Mm -hmm. we have a finals denver we do is is going to host game one starting on thursday uh what do you see in this series who are you picking how many games does it go? What are some of the things that you're looking for out just, of this series? Just to to bring it back to tradition, I'm going to pick against Miami for the the hundredth time this offseason. Uh, I keep picking against them, and they keep beating me. So I'm trying to make it happen again by picking against them here. Uh, I really... I really love this Miami team and the story behind them. I, I can't wait to watch the 30 for 30 on them like 20 years from now. So I, I, I'm i rooting for Miami in my heart. But I, I'm also rooting for Jokic to get himself his first ring. The way this Nuggets team looks right now, though, they might be back again. So... If this is Jimmy's only chance and Jokic gets one or two or three or four more, I really hope Jimmy is the one who walks away with this championship. Okay, prediction time. What do you got? What uh, do you got? I'll say Nuggets in uh, six. I was struggling between five and six. So. Nuggets in five. Hmm. Uh, Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now. Um, nobody can touch him. Um, Bam, who is physical, doesn't provide the necessary link that AD provided. Now, maybe the girth will help, the strength will help, and maybe he can get him off his spot a little bit. I There's so many weapons on that team. 
Uh, there's so many different ways they can attack you. And Jokic seems to be the guy who trusts his teammates the most. Ooh. Not saying that Jimmy doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, for all the mm-hmm. okay, the critical we talked about it offline. The critical mistake that was made in the Lakers series, and I'm not saying they would have won it. Okay, this is just maybe extending it. LeBron didn't trust Austin Reeves in the fourth quarter when he was dead tired to run the offense. We saw how effective Austin Reeves was getting into the lane, shooting, and providing uh, playmaking ability. Yeah, And then he just went away from it in the four quarters, and that was downfall in, in some of these games that the Lakers played. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not going to see that with Jokic. He yeah. will not take that cheese. He will not do that. Mm-hmm. And his passing and his vision is not just next level. It's whatever the highest levels are, the highest of levels. That's where he is. Yeah. This is I, superhuman what we're seeing with him oh, and his yeah, passing ability. Sure. He's, he's been absolutely insane. I heard uh, Zach Lowe talk on his podcast about a corollary between this series for the Heat and the Lakers. And he talked about how the Lakers came out of the Warriors series having to play small and then go up against the Nuggets, who are huge, and it took like an adjustment period. And it's similar for the Heat, who have to play against small against the Celtics, and then they're going up against this Nuggets team where you have to play huge. So for that reason, I'm I'm wondering if we see Kevin Love again. They they spoke about this as well, but I I kind of have a little more belief in Kevin Love in this series, and I think it, just because of the absolute lack of girth on Miami overall, it might make more sense to put Kevin Love. On Jokic, Jokic and just and point. use Bam as the floater. Yeah, use him on Gordon, or uh, maybe maybe use him as like on KCP and then uh, Caleb Martin on Gordon or something, just to leave leave it so he can just float around there and hopefully also provide pressure against Jokic. I. I wish they had like a a JaVale McGee type to uncover or Hassan Whiteside type just to to throw out there and give a few more minutes just so they had another body with size. But unfortunately, Kevin Love's the only real chance they have there. And uh, I think they're going to go to it early. Uh, again, I, I just hope it works. Well, Spo to me is the best coach and he will extract every piece of essence out of every single player on that team. So no stone will go on turn. So we know he is probably cooking up something right now in the lab that is oh, going to yeah. be brilliant that we just thought we'd never see or whatever. And I can't wait to see it. I just think that this time – the Nuggets just have better weapons. They just have bigger guns. You know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I was going to say something, but it's it's very insensitive, so I stopped myself. So thank God for filters. Um, 
yeah, it's just there's too much firepower on that team for me to say, okay, I see it. Mm-hmm. Unless we find out in 10 years that Jimmy Butler had like uh, photos on every last team that he played in this particular postseason. Yeah. Are we going to see like photos of Jokic with like horses and like in in manners that he shouldn't be in? Oh, man. And then and, and that's how that's how Miami wins this. NBA Finals. What did you stop yourself from saying? No, no, no. That, yeah, yeah. You don't want to know. You really don't want to know. You really don't want to know. Oh. Um, it was bad. But I, I'm just... Nuggets of five. That's it. That's all we need to say. It's, it is what it is. I have a lot of respect for the Heat. They showed it last night. And... They were the better team last yeah. night. Absolutely. And, and they definitely listened or were uh, more flexible, amicable to coaching. Let's yeah, for that sure. Way. To, to be clear, I have <clears throat> picked against the Heat four different times in this playoffs. I picked against them in the first round. I picked against them in the second round. I picked I against pick them in the so third well. round, and then I, I I picked them to win after they were up three nothing. And then in game seven, I counted them out again, and then they went they went out and won that one too. So if if they just go and win this championship, I I would be very excited for them, and I hope they do it. Which is so weird to be like rooting for the Miami Heat in the finals when they're normally like the bad guys but i'm our guy tony schwartz is gonna lose his mind (laughs) shout out to our guy yeah shout out tony Tony schwartz that's our guy uh we'll have to have him on the pod yeah if they win if they win yeah yeah yeah. i gotta get tony on the pod definitely somebody shoot him a message (laughs) yeah no i I talked to him not long ago i can message him all right All right. Um, is there anything else that we need to hit on? Uh, again, let's hit the stories. Bob Myers is no longer with the Golden State Warriors. We will see what that looks like uh, next year and in this offseason. We'll be covering all offseason. We believe here at FRPC that Kevin Young is the new head coach of the Phoenix Suns. That will probably be announced within the next three days, if not sooner. And we talked, we hit on the Washington Wizard uh, winger situation mm-hmm. and the possible uh, upheaval that has. We're all looking at Bradley Bill yet again. What else? And yeah. And um, I guess that's about it. And then we hit on the, the final. So the final. is there anything else that we need to talk about? No, I think that's I think that's good. I'm I'm very excited for these finals to get started and to get uh dive straight into draft season. So, uh stay tuned here for a lot more FRPC hoops coming forward. Bonus pods are always great. So, for the Canadian bomber, the Canadian shaman, the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian son of Loretta Curran. And for this podcast, the Canadian Zach Lowe, Nico Miatello. I am Vince Carter. And we are, uh, I think we might actually be 
not out. You know why? Because this thing turned off. So there we go. I'll have to cut that out. 